have our ways of facing rainy days, and somehow we survive. Hi, I'm Sherry. And I'm Fran. Welcome to Modern Widow Podcast. It's all about love series. Fran, boy, do we have a great show planned for today. We are interviewing three couples who actually met online and got married. Once again, it's all about love. But before we interview our three pair of lovebirds, Fran, you know what time it is. It's time for Weekend Shenanigans Notable Events. Okay, well, mine actually happened yesterday, not necessarily on the weekend. My guy and I took a day away. We spent a lot of time together. Um, but, you know, share once in a while, it's nice just to get away. And so we did. Uh, less than an hour away from us is one of the nation's newest national parks. In February 2019, Indiana Dunes National Park, formerly Indiana Dunes National Lakeshore, became Indiana's only national park. Um, it features over 70 miles of trails, 15 miles of lakeshore, and one of the most biodiverse ecosystems in the country. We hiked four miles after a nice little snack at a place, a divey little place called Larry's Hot Stuff. It was a divey little Mexican restaurant, but let me tell you, the food was awesome. Uh, we went on our hike. We saw lots of critters, turtles, snakes, almost stepped on a praying, a beautiful praying mantis, a swan, lots of evidence of beavers, including Sherry, these huge trees that were almost ready to come down uh, from, from the beavers gnawing at them and lots of beaver dams. So we finished our hike uh, just in time. Uh, a storm came in. So we finished it just in time. But after that, we went to see the new Bond movie, which was fantastic. And then we went and had Chinese for supper. So it was just a great day all around. And um, I, I think we just both needed it. How about you? Well, first of all, that was a great day, Fran. Yeah. And I did not know about this new national park in Indiana. So what was it called again? It's called Indiana Dunes. And actually, it's kind of unique because Indiana Dunes State Park resides inside Indiana Dunes National Park, but there's 15 miles of shoreline, and it used to be just a national lakeshore, and they awarded it national park status in 2019. Oh, wow. Well, yeah. that's not only you had a wonderful day, but also you, I learned something new, which I always like. Yeah. So thank you. Yes. Well, Fran, Fran, Fran. Oh, share, share, <laughs> share. I have decided to tell the audience about my airport experience traveling to and from Arizona. So I flew out of Detroit Metro, and you know how you go through those x-ray machines where you hold your hands over your head? Sure. So I step out, and the computer lit up yellow and red in my groin and inner thigh area. Oh, boy. <laughs> so they asked me to go back in and spread my feet <gasps> further apart. <gasps> so I did... And that area lit up even more. So I stepped what? out. Oh, yeah. I don't know what's going on down there. But anyway. <laughs> so now a female TSA agent uh, came up to me and said, I will need to pat down your groin and your inner thigh area. Would you like a private room? And I responded, well, I would, but you're not my type. 
It's okay. Eight. Well, I almost spit my coffee out there. <laughs> well, I was very fortunate that she thought that was funny. Oh, man. So she got another agent, um, a TSA male agent, to witness this. And she said, I will now pat down your groin area and your inner thighs. So me being so nervous about this, I started patting myself down in that area. <laughs> so this she said, no, I will pat you down. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so I go through the pat down and of course there, they found nothing. And then I was on my way. Of course. So now it's time to fly home. And once again, I go through the x-ray machine. Now I'm in Arizona. And Fran, the same exact same happened. Groin and inner thigh areas lit up in red. And here we go. What the heck? I I have no idea. It was like that Groundhog Day movie. (laughs) (laughs) The only thing I could say is I have my annual physical coming up. And let me tell you, I'm having that area checked out. Oh, man. It it sounds like an episode of Seinfeld. (laughs) Yeah, it was odd and that ends weekend shenanigans notable event Fran we are so fortunate today to be interviewing three different couples who met online and got married but before we start with our first couple Bev and Bob Stearns let's read some more love letters Okay, and this is becoming a very popular segment. Um, It's just a nice little touch. Uh, The first one I have is very short, but as we said before, love letters don't have to be long and involved. Um, Case in point, this one is from Robert Schumann, a German composer, to Clara Wieck, a German pianist, and his future wife. This was from April 15, 1838. I want you for always, days, years, eternities. Oh, wow. Yeah, very nice. Very nice, yes. The second one I have um, is from quite a while ago. And we've said this before that not all love stories have happy endings. They're not all fairy tales. Here's what it says. I love you as one should, to excess with folly, delight, and despair. But my friend, I do something better than to love. I know how to suffer. This was from a French woman of letters uh, to her lover at the time. It was 1773. And the sad thing is that he eventually abandoned her and she died of opium excesses that were brought on by her broken heart. So no, not not every single love story has a happy ending, but you know, that's that's life. That's right. But it was still a nice love letter, except for the suffering part. Yeah. But anyway. Yes. yes. How about you? What, what are yours? Well, my first one is from Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart, German composer, to his wife in 1789. He wrote, Darling wife, I have a number of requests to make to you. First, I beg you not to be melancholy. Second, that you will take care of yourself and not expose yourself to the spring breezes. Third, 
that you will not go out alone. Indeed, it would be better not to walk at all. And fourth, that you will feel entirely assured of my love. Isn't that nice? Well, it's and it's very different. Um, it sounds like she was going through a period of depression, and he wanted to assure her that he was there for her, but also was caring about her um, her well-being. Yes, yes. It's really a lovely love letter. The second letter is not really a love letter, but it talks about love. And it was written by Abraham Lincoln, who, of course, would be our future president, describing his recent marriage to Mary Todd in a letter to Samuel Marshall, an attorney, in 1842. He wrote, nothing new here except my marrying, which to me is a matter of profound wonder. Wow. Well, we all know that Abe had a way with words. (laughs) Yes, we do. And that ends our love letters for this episode. We want to welcome back Bev and Bob Stearns to Modern Widow Podcast. And today we are talking with them regarding meeting online and getting married. So Bob and Bev, welcome back to Modern Widow Podcast. Good to have you back. Thank you. Thank you. Good to be back. Hi, Bob and Bev. Hi. Hi, Fran. And today we're going to talk about dating online and you two actually met online and got married. Can you tell us about the site that you actually met on and how you decided to use that site? Okay, I can answer that. It was a site for seniors, people over 50, and I think I was 70. 72 at the time, or 70 at the time. And I I was lonesome, uh, and I decided I just wanted to find company, uh, someone to, a, a guy to go to a movie with or have dinner with. I was just seeking that. I was living in a new area, and I didn't know anyone. But I was also not aware of this site until a friend told me about it and said, you have to go. You have to try it. I'm having coffee with one guy and I'm having dinner with two others. And it's just a great site. So that helped me get launched. But Bob, what about you? Well, I was sitting in my house as a about a a widower of a, a year. And it was a Saturday night and I was watching television by myself. And I said, wait a minute, this is not me. I, I need somebody here with me. And I just went down into my computer and looked for a senior site. I found one and I hopped on. It was that, really that simple. So how long after you both went on to that site, like how many candidates did you look at? How, how long was it before you settled on each other? And why did you settle on each other? I think I I saw six million people before I met. (laughs) Love it! I love it. Um, It was like being back in high school. You'd flirt with these with people by sending them a little a little flirt notice, saying I I saw your picture and uh, how are you or something like that. And uh, so you you then talk to each other by email and arranged to meet and I would meet them 
And half the time I was rejected within the first, uh, after the first date. The other half of the time I was the rejector. I rejected them. Okay. And I, I hated both of those things. And I would say, when more serious, probably 12 to 15 young women, the number that I met before Bev found me, and she can talk about yes. that. Yes. <clears throat> the, the site gives you recommendations of good fits for you. According to you, you describe what you're looking for, and you describe who you are, and you share a lot of photos to, uh, to help people know what you like to do and whom you like to be with. And so I picked on, on, really, Bob was the only one that I initiated, but I had had a lot of inappropriate ones. I had said, I want to see, meet a Christian man. And then I got these people saying, I want a godly woman who will follow me on my choir tour. And that's not at all what what I was after. So instead, uh, I said a spiritual guy. And then he popped up and I thought, this sounds good. I really loved his website. He had a picture of himself with the mascot for the Red Sox, which is a green monster. And he said, I'm the guy on the left. (laughs) (laughs) And and he he had another picture in front of Versailles and he said, home again. And he had one from Les Mis walking with his son along the the Seine, I guess. And I didn't recognize that particular character, but I recognized the musical and uh, and drama. And so I I thought I want to meet this guy. So I I connected with him. All the I I had maybe I screened a lot of people out. I think women get more hits than guys do, uh, because women are reluctant to do that. But I did see five people and they it did work out it was kind of sad some of them Uh, one had a a wife in a coma and he said i can't marry you but i'd love to have dinner with you and i was very uncomfortable with that and didn't see him again yeah so it sounds like one of the things that that really caught your eye or attracted you was his sense of humor his sense of humor and his photographs uh which conveyed that yes and and he he said something that made me think he'd been a college teacher and I was a college teacher and I thought we had that right off mm. in common. Well, like did you reside in basically the same area so that when you yes. finally set up something to to meet like that was convenient for you? That was one of the things I had is I I needed someone geographically close. Okay. Uh, and I just moved to an area with my kids after my, my husband died. And so I wanted not to move. Uh, so that was one of them. And we turned out we only lived five miles apart, but we never would have met otherwise. So how long did you correspond online before you actually met up? Let's see. You were about to leave town. So... Um, I'd say, Hello? yeah, we didn't have a lot of correspondence because he went to Canada and uh, for a, a visit, family visit. Uh, I assumed he was there with the date, so oh. <laughs> I didn't know. But uh, he called when he got back, and I guess we talked maybe one time and decided we weren't that interested in each other because I was a little older than him. But we decided to meet together just to talk about 
the experience of being in this program. Mm. Uh, so you have anything yeah. to add? It was important to, to me to not be in this role of either rejecting or, be, or being rejected. And so I wanted to just <clears throat> meet Bev in a way that suggested a friendship, not a, not a relationship, a romantic relationship, just so to take it easy at first, to, to not to not to press. Mm-hmm. So when we talked, I said, well, it, it's just got to be, we got to set it up so that we can talk about the, the whole experience of online dating and kind of laugh about it and, and share the experiences that we've had. And if that turned into a, a, a friendship for a second date, we could, we are not, not even a date. I didn't even want to call it a date. I just wanted to say, let's just spend some time together mm-hmm. and see what happens. So it was very important to me to take it very slowly at first so that um, we could, there would be a smooth exit strategy, as it were. <laughs> that, would, that, would, that wouldn't hurt either person. You know? Right. Right. Well, yeah. I, I, I agree. I, I agree. So how much time then passed before your actual marriage happened? Well, that was the first date, and it wasn't a date. It was the first meeting for coffee uh, was on October 1st, 2011. I think, I think you said you, you got on a year after your wife died, but it was really two years. Um, and two years for me, our, our spouses died just a month apart in 2009, but this was 2011 and October 1st, 2011. And we married October 19th, 2012. Okay. Okay. We did a lot in between because we were older, we were thinking we don't have a lot of time. We can't have a one-year engagement. We might die the next year. Oh. You know? <laughs> so, so we wanted to move kind of quickly, or I did, and um, and we needed to. We just we traveled together. We met family together. We did a lot of just practical things together. Sure. We came to hockey games for my grandchildren, and I met his family. Uh, that, that Christmas, but he knew I wanted to be with my family for Christmas, so he flew me back, and so we we had some really good times. Well, we went to Australia together, right? right? Yes, have some significance. This yeah. is all before we. Uh, I popped the question six months after we met. Basically, I wanted to wait six months because I didn't want to make a commitment and then discover something about the relationship that was sort of toxic to it and then back out uh, that that seemed to me to be very unfair to, to Bev so I kind of dragged my feet about proposing because I as I say I, I just I wanted it to I wanted to work out without anybody getting hurt at any point in the relationship well so, you but you played it smart I you, you took the time to get to know each other um, without yes. making that that final commitment that's right. That's right. And I continue to get to know him. And it's been wonderful because the things that I liked initially are very, I, I know more deeply. I mean, I laugh every day at his humor several times a day. Uh, he's just has a, a wonderful wit. Uh, and I, I think that that helped. I was anxious to be married because I had four grandchildren 
who were watching me do all of this. Mm. And uh, he stayed over one night and I asked him to park around the block (laughs) because I didn't want the neighbors to know. (laughs) And my cheeky daughter said to the man across the street, uh, I hope, have you noticed mom has a friend over (laughs) pretty frequently? And he said, yes, I thought it was her brother. Oh, (laughs) Oh, I, well, I, I wanted to model for my kids that marrying is a good idea, my grandkids. So <laughs> I, I proposed in, I proposed in May and I said to Bev, I said, the first time I got married, it was just family. This time I'm in charge of the wedding. I can pay for it. I want a big wedding. Wow. Oh, how and- wonderful. Wow. Yes. It That's was wonderful. really great. We we had more fun planning the wedding. I have a notebook of you know the music we were going to have and <laughs> the 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 linens we were going to have. We had a, a a wedding planner. We had a wonderful time planning the wedding, and everyone we invited came, uh, which oh. sort of surprised us. But they all had seen how sad we were when we were we lost our our previous spouse. Sure, and uh, sure. so. Friends came from California to Maryland for the, the wedding was in Maryland to uh, uh, and from different points, people from my high school in St. Louis and people from when I lived in upstate New York. And Dick, you had people, Bob, you, <laughs> you had people. Uh, yes, uh, I mean, my people from graduate school were there. People that I worked with when I was a consultant and one guy came in from New Orleans. There were over 200 people at the wow. wedding wow. and at one at one point the planner said to me there's good news i said what's that she says we got the last tent and i <laughs> said i said i didn't think we needed a tent we <laughs> a big building she said, oh he said the size of your wedding you need a tent uh, oh so what a- the wedding photographer was really funny because she'd never done an old couple like us. So she said, okay, now here we have the picture with the mother-in-law and the, <laughs> and I said, no, we have grandchildren. <laughs> right. Yep, so, yes. But one, I think one part of the, and this may appeal to your listeners as well. One part of the wedding and ceremony that was so important was at the reception we each gave a talk about how, what we learned about our new spouse from, uh, for me, from being in his home so much, uh, the home that she had, and from just talking no, to him. You didn't say it quite right. It's what we learned about our deceased spouse. Yes, uh, exactly. I'm sorry. Oh, yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. We, so, I, I gave a talk to him about what I learned from yeah, what you learned about Marge, Marge and I talked about what I learned about Dick mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and the people in the audience who knew our the deceased spouses found this to be very moving that we could include them in the uh, reception right I, I'm a little flustered because I called Bob Dick and this is something else that people who've been married before can slip and do sure. he sometimes calls me Marge I sometimes call him dick particularly when we're talking about both of our spouses right we really understand that but that's something older couples need to be ready for i was married to dick at 22 years and bob was married to marge 20 40 42 42 years 42 years oh wow 
Yes. Well, Bev and Bob, what a wonderful and such a happy story for you two. Thank you. Can I just say one last thing? Of course you can. The thing that that sealed the deal for me was that we never got angry at each other. There was no anger in our relationship, and there hasn't been for the, the nine years that we've been married. And actually, there have been differences, but we just always talked about, I, did you mean, did you say such and such or whatever? No anger. But it wasn't, we didn't really get angry and want to hurt each mm-hmm. other. Right. So we feel really lucky. Uh, and it's, it's scary to be on these websites. I got calmer about it by thinking of it as a game. Did I get any flirts today? Do I, do I give a flirt? Um, and who do they think I might like? And so it was, it was company for me and kind of a game. Sure. But uh, it, was, it got more and more serious with Bob. Hmm. Well, it's a wonderful story. And thank you so much for being a part of Modern Whittle Podcast. You're welcome. Thank you. We enjoy that. Thanks, Bob and Bev. And uh, we look forward to uh, speaking with you again. Okay. Excellent. Thank you. Bye-bye. 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 We are welcoming Elizabeth and Greg Gurton today on Modern Whittle Podcast. They have been married for four plus years and they met online. And they're going to talk about their online dating experiences and also their love story. Elizabeth and Greg, welcome to Modern Whittle Podcast. Hello. Hello. Thanks for having us. Hi, Liz and Greg. I'm in uh, I'm in Lower Michigan, and obviously Sherry is in Upper Michigan. We're here in Tucson, Arizona. <laughs> That's so cool. You know, the technology alone is fascinating to me about these podcasts. Yeah. Once again, we're in like three different locations. Locations. Yes. Yes. This particular segment, this episode. We're interviewing three different couples who met online and went on to have successful relationships uh, or and, and actually got married. So here's what we've been posing to them. We'd like to know which site or sites you used as far as online dating and why you picked those particular sites. I was on uh, one, of the, uh, one of the big online sites. Okay. okay. And I was on two big online sites but one of them i did not like so i used the other one where i met greg so what did you not like about the one that you decided not to use too many questions in the beginning about you as a person and it was just very nitpicky and it and i just didn't have a success on it so i switched because you get like three months free or something and i was like I'm done with the three months. So I switched sites. Okay. And I know, I think Sherry told me, um, unless, unless you don't want to say how you, cause you've been married like for like over four years now, how, so how old were you when you started on those sites? If you're okay saying that. See, I think I was 25 or 26. And it would have been in my early thirties. Okay. And neither of you had been married before, right? No. All right. So you settled on, you settled on a site. So you get on those sites and we all know how that works. You start scrolling and swiping and what made you keep coming back to each other? And 
how many other candidates were there were there before you decided just to settle on each other? I saw Greg and I kept emailing him because I liked his profile, but I I think I went on a maybe two or three dates prior to him and I don't think the dates went past one or two. And then I saw his profile and I liked it, so I just kept emailing him until he answered. So and well, what caught your eye? What in particular caught your eye on his on his profile? His picture. Oh. <laughs> I, thought he, I thought he was cute. I mean, I remember his picture. It was him in a helmet. He's like, because he bikes a lot. So it was in him and his like helmet and his bike. And I'm like, oh, he's active. And I don't know, like the rest of it. I knew he was a good guy because he had a military background. He had an education, which was important to me, you know, and close to his family. So that just caught my eye for, at least for me. Okay. And, and Greg, how about you? Uh, kind, kind of the same um, questions. What, what made you, how many, how many candidates did you like swipe through or meet or date? And what made you keep going back to Liz? Uh, I guess my experience was a little different because I, I moved to Tucson for my job, really didn't know anybody. So I had been on the site actually briefly in the city I lived in before I moved here. And there I probably went on maybe, maybe two different people, uh, no more than one or two dates. And then I just kind of kept it when I moved to uh, where we met. And uh, she was actually the first one I went on a date with through the website uh, once I moved here. Oh, oh. Oh. Very nice. Wow. You know, what's interesting about this is we interviewed an elder couple and a widower and a widow who got married. They met online and got married. And she initiated the contacts just like you did, Elizabeth. I'm finding that interesting and I like it. Us mm -hmm. women know what we want. Yeah, I get it. There you go. Well, <laughs> my I guess my question is, because you guys are you know, fair, you were fairly young when, when you decided to do this, but why online as opposed to going out in, in a social situation and meeting? I mean, there's all, I know that there's all kinds of reasons why it's a lot easier online, but um, I'm, I'm interested to, to hear your, your story there. Um, for me, you know, I just didn't really meet anyone in college. Um, and I wasn't the type of person to go out and to bars and meet people that way. I just, I had a harder time meeting people because, you know, the college age, they're all interested in the bars and meeting people that way. Um, and then my, some of my classes were just a lot of female based, like a lot of us were all women. Okay. Um, so not really meeting any men in my classes. And I just got to the point, I'm like, you know what, I'm going to try this online dating thing. I had a co-worker who met her husband online and she had a great experience with it and told me about it so i was like yeah, i'll give it a shot and greg i i'm guessing that because you already said that you had moved to a new area like is that the reason that you decided um to explore like online i i think where where we live now and and where we met part of it was yeah, I was in my 30s when I moved here, so I had a stable career, stable stable job. It's not really a career or job where you where you meet your next love interest, that's for sure. And the, the the city that we live in, it had a little bit demo 
different demographic than the uh, town I came from. The, the city I moved here from had a, I, I would guess, say a lot larger, you know, people in their late 20s, early 30s, kind of the young, single, working, professional crowd, people that are single but already established, you know, in their careers and have stable jobs. And then I moved here, and the vibe I got was that uh, a lot of the people I would meet going out were either college age girls, um, which I'm, I'm, I'm in my thirties, you know, um, I don't need to go out to a bar and have you throwing up on my shoes. That's not really <laughs> the thing I'm looking for well, anymore. Well, at I, this, I, don't, I don't think any of us need that. At, uh, at this phase in my, Oh, you'd be surprised, man. That's what they love it. You know, some of the bars, it's crazy. I'm like, I'm, that's just not my thing at the point I was at in my life. Or quite honestly, I felt uh, if it wasn't that some of them were looking for a father for their kids. Okay. Um, and, and I don't mean that in, in a bad way, but that was also not the scene I was looking for. Right. Right. You know? And just having a job where I traveled a lot for work and, and having a more successful career, I didn't want to spend every Friday and Saturday night I'd out till one or two in the morning at the bars trying to meet somebody. So right. I think the, uh, the, the online scene just kind of gave me a little more control over that. And I could kind of do things at, at, at my pace and have a, have a little bit more control over it, I guess. So once you started like, kind of talking to each other exclusively, like emailing or, or whatever. How long was it before you actually like um, met up in, in person? I think it was about a month. Okay. She thought I was giving her the stiff arm. It was really weird because, you know, now my, my now mother-in-law harasses me about it because we initiated contact. And then shortly after that, my grandfather died. Um, and so I said, uh, I'd love to meet you, but I had a death in the family. And they're like, uh-huh, yeah, she, you know, he's, he's blowing you off and trying to be nice about it. And it's funny because it really did actually happen. But my grandfather did actually pass. And so I had to, had to deal with, with some of those arrangements and stuff. But yeah, I'd say it was probably about a month, I don't know, month, yeah. give, give or take. And so after that initial meeting, then did you see each other exclusively? And how long then um, before you got engaged and got married? Well, um, we dated for about a year. Well, yeah, we dated for a year, but on the first date, he did ask me out on a second date. So I kind of was like, okay, he's, he's interested. And then I think we were seeing each we, other. We saw each other. Maybe we probably went on a date about once a week. Yeah. Probably about were... once a week. Yeah. When on, on whatever our weekends would have been our days off and stuff. So I was at that point, uh, and I still do, but not as much, but I was traveling a lot for work. So I would typically be gone roughly two weeks every month. So, you know, when I'd be home on the weekends and stuff, we'd, we'd probably go on at least one day a week, at least early on. And then it, you know, became more frequent after that. And then how long until you proposed and, and got married? Uh, we dated for about a year. Then uh, we got engaged. And about nine months after that, we got married. Nice. Well, yes. What a wonderful story. I love love stories. Don't you, Fran? I know. Well, that that's kind of like this. We wanted to summarize. We wanted both of you to summarize um, to to kind of wrap things up. What would each of you, if you had to describe your 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 love story, what what would it be? What what did it entail? I don't know. He was he's just very he's a very caring person, and you know I he really cared about me. What really made me see that he was going to be the one, you know, I had a job where I didn't make a lot of money. And I had a car that was on its like final, final end. Um, and he kept telling me he's like, I don't like you driving this car. And he actually went car shopping with me. 
um, you know, because he's like, I want to make sure you get a safe car. And he's like, I also want to make sure they don't, you know, take advantage of you in the payment. So he he went with me. And at the end, when they're like, okay, what's the down payment? And I knew I could only put $2,000 down. And he's like, no, it's gonna be it's gonna be 2500. And he put money down on the car to help me out. Mm -hmm. And that I just knew I was like, he he really does care about me. And I was happy for that. And, you know, he wanted me to be safe and made sure I had a car that was safe, too. Mm -hmm. That is very sweet. Mm -hmm. And we are dating. I don't I don't think we were engaged yet. Mm -hmm. So we were dating and he, you know, was willing to do that for me because, you know, I had a job where I didn't make a lot of money in the beginning. So right. So, Greg, what's uh, what's what's your take on on your love story? You know, I don't I don't have a, a definitive thing or an answer for that. I guess I just kind of knew. And I know that sounds cliche or silly, but th there wasn't any one thing. I just I just knew. Um, and I know that sounds silly, but that's kind of the way it was. Well, I don't think it's, I don't think it's silly. I mean, sometimes you do just just know i mean some some couples have long involved uh, stories that evolve over time and sometimes sometimes you just know so that obviously that that was that was your case yeah very intuitive that's what i would call it i agree well, i don't know i'm still uh, still convinced that i think i married her for the dog so <laughs> <laughs> I, awesome. I, I wanted, I wanted, I wanted precious little Liberty and I had to get, had to get Elizabeth as part of the deal. <laughs> so there are dogs involved. Um, do you guys have children yet? No children, just two fur babies. Okay. So. okay. And you both have careers, right? Mm -hmm. We both have careers. Okay. So you are, you are, you are just starting out. Mm -hmm. Okay. Elizabeth and Greg, this was a very nice conversation. I, enjoy hearing people's love stories. And you had a very successful online experience. And that's also good to hear. So thank you for being on Modern Whittle Podcast. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Thanks, Greg and Liz. And uh, best wishes for a happy life. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. We are welcoming Manish and Jeff Mishra Marzetti, our third couple who met online and have been married 12 years. Manish and Jeff, welcome to Modern Whittle Podcast, and we are so looking forward to hearing your story and your love connection on online dating. So delighted to be back with you both, Sherry and Fran, and even more delighted to have my spouse, my husband, Jeff, joining us this time. Hi, Sherry, Fran. Um, so honored to be here with you today. Great. Um, I just want to say I was so happy that I got the chance to meet both of you this summer along with your kids. You guys are all, uh, you're all just a delight. Oh, thank, thank you. We feel the same way about the two of you. Aww. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much. We are talking about online dating. And this is a real positive experience. Uh, we have had three couples, you are our third couple, who actually met online, connected online, and then got married. The first couple, they are an elder couple in their 80s, and they met online. The second couple, they are a young couple, been married uh, maybe four and a half years, and in their very early 30s. And now we have Manish and Jeff. So let's hear all about your love story. So Manish and Jeff, um, we've kind of been asking the same questions uh, to all of, of the three couples. Um, 
first of all, congratulations on being together for 13 years and a marriage of 12 years uh, in, in these days and times that it really is an accomplishment because we know all too well that too many marriages uh, these days end way too quickly. So we want to know which site or sites did you use and why? Yeah. Uh, so back then, about 13 years ago, 13 plus years ago, actually, it was a mainstream uh, dating site. Back then, there were only like two or three, and they were uh, ones that allowed, it was one of the big two that allowed gay couples or gay individuals, gay lesbian individuals to uh, search for dating partners on them. So it was a, we had a limited subset of choices back then. And it was still an era when it wasn't as quite as accepted socially and mainstream socially as it is today. So I remember, you know, needing to be fairly private about uh, about doing it at the at the time using a, an online dating service and feeling a little um, a little embarrassed about it. Honestly, it was almost back then this little bit of stigma that, yeah, I guess you can't find anyone in person. So you're turning to the computer to try and meet somebody socially. It was a little bit like that back then. Now, of course, nobody's thinking that way anymore now. It's totally mainstream. But back then it was, you had to overcome a little bit of the internal hurdles to even try. Well, that was going to be my next question. Um, why Why did you choose online an online service instead of relying just on in-person um, get-togethers? I'll let Jeff, Jeff, why don't you share? Why, why did you? So, yes. Yeah, so for me, it was... Um, Due to the fact that I had a couple of coworkers that I knew very well that both had success in their own ways with this particular site that I uh, went on and same one that I met with Manish. And so I felt more comfortable about it after uh, hearing their stories and kind of going through their journeys individually um, as well. And one of and one of those couples ultimately did get married as well. Hmm. So that kind of made me feel a little bit more comfortable about it trying that versus and then and the reason that i was looking for an alternative was at the time it, it, i worked in the same place for quite a while and so you know meeting someone through the workplace wasn't really an option at that point anymore and socially it was kind of more of a club bar scene that i would typically meet people and i was getting to the point where those connections were seeming less less meaningful in the long run. Okay. On, on my end, you know, I, as you both know, I work as a clergy person and good luck trying to date somebody when you're a clergy. I mean, like, you know, I was single, I was in my <laughs> mid thirties, <laughs> you know, it, it's very intimidating uh, when people hear you're a religious leader. Uh, and, and, and then you can't even go out on a date on, on the typical nights when most people socialize. So I had a bunch of just practical logistical hurdles that was making it very difficult to find the right person. So you're online now and you know how it goes. You look at people's pictures and, and read the summary of themselves and you swipe left, you swipe right. How many, realistically, how many candidates or potential people did you go, did you look at, did you go through before you ended up settling on each other? And why did you keep going back to each other? We had very different experiences of that. So I'll let Jeff share his, his version. My version was that I had been single for a couple of years and um, <laughs> I dated so many individuals 
that were either just emotionally not ready for a relationship or right for a relationship or the right fit. And I would have these periods of time where I would try, I would get sick of it, I would deactivate my profile, some time would pass, I'd try again. And I was uh, just at the beginning of a new cycle of like, maybe I'll try again when Jeff kind of emerged. And I'll let Jeff share his version. Sure. Well, for me, it was different because I kind of got the lightning out of the box. I Manish was the third person that I was in contact with from starting to try online dating. I only had went on one other single date and the second person was was just a phone call and figured out right away this was that wasn't going to go anywhere. So I was really pretty lucky. And the, and the beauty a little bit of what happened with us, I don't know that I, well, actually I do know, neither of us really selected quote unquote one another in terms of profiles and all that. The software of this company would occasionally send suggestions and uh, have you considered reaching out to so-and-so? And there's usually like five profiles attached. And Jeff was sent my profile. I didn't get his uh, in part because we were both living in Florida at the time. I was in uh, central West Florida, St. Petersburg. Jeff was about two hours south of me in Fort Myers. I indicated in my, you know, you, the boxes you check on the software. This is going to sound ridiculous. It sounds ridiculous even saying it out loud now. All the years <laughs> I wasn't willing to travel more than like five to 10 miles to date somebody. It just seemed like too much effort. And, and Jeff put down a radius of 200 miles. And there was a purpose in that though. <laughs> I, Fort Myers was a smaller town and I was kind of looking to maybe get out, move into a different part of the state, particularly Fort Lauderdale, which was about 200 miles away. So that's why my parameter was much more extensive. <laughs> wow. Well, well, then that was, that was by chance that yeah. one of you compromised as far as how far you were willing to travel. And then somebody pops up that you ended up clicking with. So how long did you correspond back and forth um, before you actually went out on an actual date? Well, according to the rules of online dating, we should we should have moved past each other immediately because I, I, I did something that isn't really done. I activated my profile the night before I went on, on this personal retreat for almost a week. And then I wasn't checking any computer messages or emails or anything like that. Jeff wrote to me while I was kind of incommunicado, which in the in the online dating world, especially today, that's the mark of death. Like, you know, mm -hmm. you, if you don't respond within a, at hours or, or immediately, people tend to move right past and uh, onto other possibilities or they give up. They assume you're not interested. So a week's unheard of. But I, I came yeah. back, saw that a, a message from Jeff, figured that the the window of opportunity had well passed. But, you know, he's a handsome guy. So I, I figured, why not? I'll try writing back, even if the window of reasonable opportunity has passed. And uh, we were able to stay in touch. The writing back and forth was probably brief. More so, we, we shifted to phone call, uh, co phone conversations pretty, pretty rapidly. And then we did that for about maybe almost three weeks, I'd say. We were talking. And often then it, it just kept increasing. It went from like, once in a day or every other day to every day to a couple times a day. And those were all good signs that things were clicking. Yeah. Hmm. So what was what was your actual first date? So that was up in St. Petersburg because, you know, I was the one that was willing to travel. So he said I had to come there. <laughs> <laughs> 
and your dad. It was a, it was a lovely first day we met, and we went to the beach and had a, a nice dinner out at a, at a local Indian restaurant, which was wonderful. Okay. And the party's, the party's leaving out because it's two hundred miles. He came with an overnight back. Oh, okay. Uh, well, that's true. Just in case, yeah. Back. <laughs> but but that's okay. Something happened. Something happened when you met in person, and and so you realized that um, you did want to keep seeing each other. Yes. Yeah. We did. Yeah. Good. Good. And then, how long after that did, did you actually get married? So we did for what nine months? Would you say before you proposed? No, me? no, God, it was less than that, John. Was it, it was less? yeah, it was uh, than six, about six at most, and it was maybe even five months. And mm -hmm. um, we were both coming out of long-term relationships. I had been in a, a long-term committed relationship for about eleven years before I was single. He had been in one for about seven or eight years. And, you know, when I, I was, I was pretty clear that I, that I was probably never going to go through the marriage kind of rituals and processes again. And yet it, I, it was me that, that, that clarity kind of, and bug kind of struck. And, and it was early, early in our relationship. And my friends had to practically, they tried, they actually did try. I don't think I had a single friend who thought it was a good idea that I proposed to him <laughs> after about four That's or five soon. months yeah, or whatever. It was soon. Yeah, it was, it was soon. And I, I, I knew it was soon, but I, the intuition that this was right was just really deep. And he didn't know. I mean, I had the same intentions going at the same time, but he beat me to the punch because I was waiting. We were going on that trip to Mexico, what, about a month or two after you proposed to me? And I, I had been planning in my head, I'm like, oh, we're going to be in Mexico. We're going to be at this archaeological site where they have the pyramids. And one of them is the Pyramid of the Sun. And mm -hmm. Manish had a, has a particular fondness for sun imagery and things like that. And I was thinking, we'll climb to the top of this pyramid. It'll be so romantic and I can propose to him then. <laughs> that, oh, that how happen. sweet. What a great plan. Yes, it was. <laughs> I love this story. And you so, have been married for over 12 years and you have adopted children. We do. Yes. We, uh, two kids adopted at birth, each of them. Our son is 10 and our daughter is seven now. Wow. It, you adopted them at birth. Oh, wonderful. Wow. Yeah. yeah. The process is called open adoption. It's where the birth mother chooses which family her little one will go to. Her child. Wow. Yeah. So... I want to hear from both of you because you might have different um, views on this. If you both had to summarize your love story uh, before we wrap things up, if you both had to summarize your love story, what would it be? It I don't know. It just felt very almost, I would say for me, it, it kind of felt almost destiny-like in a way, like we were just meant to meet because things once, I mean, it was, everything was so easy, so we everything went in alignment so quickly and it felt everything felt like right the right time for both of us in our lives where we were at so i i would i would say we were very destined to be together fate brought us together i would say for me <clears throat> i think both of you know sherry and fran my I, I come from a hindu background faith of origin and uh, in which kind of sacrifice and compromise for the sake of family or others is heavily emphasized and in my first marriage, that meant sacrificing integral parts of who I was. And I, and I, by the time Jeff and I met, I was in such a different place. I was like, yeah, that didn't work. I tried that. Um, what about like, you know, what does it take to fully be one another, you know, just fully be ourselves 
And in that sense, you know, and, and also I kind of, I think in my first marriage played around with these modernistic ideas of like full equality in a relationship, which can get interpreted to mean like every task is 50-50. Like you wash the dishes half the time, I wash the dishes half the time, which isn't necessarily right for every couple or every human being. So I, you know, having kind of gone through a bunch of tropes, one was like total sacrifice in order to make something work. The other was everything's 50-50. I kind of arrived at this new understanding of like marriage can be what whatever you need it to be and want to make it to be. It, it takes conversation to understand that and to arrive at those things. And for for us, it was complementarity. You know, we have we have different strengths, different things that we're good at and lots of conversation about what we mean to each other and what works and what doesn't work and defining for ourselves the boundaries and structures of our own marriage as opposed to relying on outside definitions or interpretations that was powerful and and of course that only matters if like passion and attraction and emotional resonance are there right so all those are there it's that is the most meaningful part and then it's like wow we can make up the rest you know we can decide for ourselves what works for us so it's been it's been a beautiful journey of growth for me most definitely like learning beyond the cultural stereotypes and even modernistic stereotypes that I was kind of handed or had access to, to arrive at our own unique creation of a marriage and a relationship. Well, I personally, I think that's the beauty of modern relationships. You know, it goes with that saying, it's it's not your parents, uh, you know, it's not your parents' marriage or relationships um, anymore. You know, things look so much different to so many different people. And you know what, that's, and that's okay. Only you, only you and your partner know what works and what doesn't work. And if you settle into that relationship and it, and it works and it's beautiful, then that's, that's wonderful. Yeah. And that was so beautifully stated, Manish. Thank you for that. That was extremely insightful. And I appreciated hearing that. Oh, it's my privilege. It, it, it feels like hard-won wisdom at times, but yeah. <laughs> Gentlemen, thank you so much for being a part of Modern Whittle Podcast this week. So thank delighted. You thank you. Us. Thank you, Sherry and Fran. We love you both. Hope to see you again soon. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. We want to thank our executive producer for her continued expert advice and critiques of our podcast. Many thanks to Park North Studios for mixing our audio. And a very special thanks to our special guests, Bev and Bob, Greg and Liz, and Manish and Jeff for telling their love stories and making our podcast so informative and beneficial to our audience. And of course, we want to thank you, our audience, for always tuning in and listening each week. If you would like to write a comment, our email address is modern.whittle.podcast at gmail.com. Once again, modern.whittle.podcast at gmail.com. You can listen to our podcast on the following apps, Anchor, Spotify, Breakers, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Apple Podcast, and Google Podcast. I'm Sherry. And I'm Fran. And next week, um, we just want to let you know we are going to have yet another great episode to share with you. And this week's quote uh, comes from an unknown author. Time has a wonderful way of showing us what really matters. See you next week. Bye-bye. In this world of art. Ordinary-
ordinary people Extraordinary people I'm glad there is you This world of overrated pleasures and underrated treasures, I'm glad there is you. I live to love, I'd love to live with you beside me. This world so new, I'll muddle through with you to guide me. This world where many, many played love, but hardly any stay in love. I'm glad there is you.